0: Oh, sorry, I just have <coughs> a little throat clear. Morning, Anthony. Morning. Off he goes. You. Peanut butter on toast. You know, I could just eat peanut butter on toast. You know I had the other day? Smoked salmon and cream cheese bagel. It was delicious. And I'd forgotten how filling they are. I really forgot. Cause I went out, I bought the cream cheese, I bought the smoked salmon, I bought... Oh, I made it myself, yeah. Bought, Admittedly, just bought a packet of, of bagels, or bagels. And I haven't got a machine for slicing them, because they do make a, a bagel slicing machine. You put it in there, and you pull the handle down, and it slices it beautifully down the middle. I have to do it with a knife, and it's fairly precarious at the best of times. So I had that, and I, I toasted it as well, because bagels toast in, like, like, a minute, really, really quickly. And so I did that, and I put like, salmon cream, cheese, and I ate it, and I thought, God, that was lovely, wasn't it? And then yesterday, I had this thing about Chinese food. I just went berserk on Chinese food, because M&S have got this offer, three for two, and so I bought three lots of sweet and sour chicken, because the week before I went berserk on crispy beef. And that was quite nice. <laughs> I quite like the crispy beef as well. So I've decided today, because it's doctor day, that we're back to healthy. I still do porridge, although I didn't do it yesterday because I didn't have any, so I went and bought loads of porridge yesterday. And so I had porridge this morning and I've had two clementines. How healthy do I feel? Oh, and also I managed to open the uh, Robertson Chesty Cough Medicine pathetic, isn't it? We used to have a presenter, I told you ages ago, who used to do a show on LBC, I won't tell you who it is, but uh, he was addicted to codeine. To codeine in cough medicine. And what he would do is, he would have a bottle of it sitting here throughout the programme, and he would drink it, as and he would drink a bottle of codeine, because exactly very dangerous, and also, he didn't actually have a cough or anything like that. Whereas, I have, yes, exactly, I suppose a bottle cures it, doesn't it, really? But uh, he, he used to sit there... With this, with this bottle, and, and just drink the whole thing throughout the programme. Because the codeine was very, very addictive. I'm on this stuff now, which is chesty cough. I don't think it's chesty, I think it's probably tickly. But uh, it says, loosens chesty coughs. Oh, doesn't that sound disgusting? Soothes the chest area. Sugar-free, non-drowsy. How lovely that would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> I was telling Jim Diamond earlier on. I was reading the news overnight, because when he had a cold last time, I said, you need to get some Benelin day and night tablets. And because he was working nights and he had the cold, he was taking the tablets at all the wrong, wrong time. <laughs> so what he did, he was taking the blue one for sleep, just as he was leaving here. Sometimes he said he just barely made it home before he was out for the count. But it did work. It did work. I've tried everything. Believe you me, in this business, we have tried just about everything to, um... To shake, to shake off colds. And the only thing that's ever worked for me, and believe you me, I go back to Beecham's powders. You know when you stand there, you open up the little packet, and you, empty, and you think it's a miracle cure? Did absolutely nothing for me at all. Nothing at all. Beecham's hot lemon. Well, you know, if, you might as well have just poured some lemon juice and poured some hot water on top and some sugar. Best thing you used to have as kids was whiskey and milk. And that was... And I used to have it. And to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not a whiskey drinker. It's probably those, those early years of my mother turning me into an alcoholic. And and she would sort of put some milk on the stove and then put in, I don't know, it seemed probably a couple of tablespoons of whiskey. But at that age, 12, 13, it was like, oh my God, I think I'm drunk. And you drink this stuff and it was actually quite nice. But if you didn't drink it all, you left it. By the time an hour had gone past, a skin had formed on the top of the milk. And I hate skin on the top of milk. It's like at school you used to get custard and sometimes it would have skin on the top. You'd have to... Pull the, pull the skin off and then and, and then sort of pour the cu- oh it was disgusting. Pink custard. I quite like the pink custard I't do know what it was made of was like a thin blancmange I suppose <laughs> 84850 dot lbc.co.uk Oh I'd had to laugh obviously all the papers are running with uh, Cheryl Cole, who's in America. Ashley's been naughty naughty boy. Not not half as bad as his replacement, though. Oh, no, so that was John Terry's replacement. And uh, and so Cheryl is over there. Uh, she sneaked a hunky dancer into her L.A. hotel room. And he was pictured coming out a few hours later. Now, the two things that give this away to me and say to me nothing's going on are A. Dancer, OK? And secondly, he's clutching his best friend, which is a little dog, Uh, And he's also blonde. Now, far be it from me to suggest that all dancers are woofers. But, you know, but in this particular case, why is it that this poor woman cannot have somebody to sit in a hotel room and chat to, like a best friend, without somebody going, oh, it must be a relationship? It's like the cleaner coming in. You go, well, are we having a relationship with the cleaner? Probably not. Probably not. So, just because this boy who's a dancer you know, spent a few hours in her room, why could they not be sitting down having something to eat? Now they're going to make up this stupid thing. The trouble is, I don't think Cheryl Cole is that sort of person. She might be a lot of things, but I don't think she's the sort of person who flirts around. I don't think she's... I really don't. And believe you me, I've seen some flirts in this business. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at her and I don't get any of those sort of vibes. She wouldn't... <clears throat> you know, just because the um, the husband does naughty things, I don't think she would ever do that. Not her sort of thing at all. Joan Rivers, I see. I'm, I'm definitely backing her today. She slammed Victoria Beckham as vulgar. And the reason... <clears throat> excuse me. She's vulgar. Not because... Uh, she designs clothes. She says the, the designing of the clothes is okay. It's because she flaunts wealth. She said to flaunt a handbag that costs £20,000 is nothing short of vulgar. She said it's vulgar, it's common, it's not very pleasant. There are people dying in the world. I know it's that old argument, but you do not go around going, oh, look, here I am with another £20,000 handbag. And you know that Vic told us a short while ago that her handbag collection is worth a million A million. I mean, how disgusting. All right, everybody's allowed to have things, but you don't flaunt it. Especially not with, I mean, you only have to look at my producer to realise what the word poverty means. You know, she is a woman who can make, who can make chic look cheap. And she doesn't even need to try very hard. She really doesn't. But, I mean, to have, it's like people buying Rolex watches. I'm sure it's very nice to buy a Rolex watch, but small wonder people get robbed. Somebody sees the watch and goes... I mean, I remember Nick Ferrari saying to me, he said, that's a nice watch you've got there. And uh, I said, well, it's, it's, it's just... It's a cheap old, cheap old watch, you know, £600. It's uh, it's really not a lot of money. But I bought it myself, I saved up for it. And it's, it's it's just quite nice. But he likes these Breitling watches. And I've seen them, they're really, really expensive. Really, really expensive. So I'm I'm not into, uh, into that kind of flaunting of your wealth. Said, imagine, it's like buying a suit, and the suit costs... £10,000. And you see London Fashion Week and you look at the clothes people are wearing and they go, and this wedding dress, if you have it by Bruce Oldfield, well, the price has started about £20,000. You think, how can a dress cost £20,000? again? go, well, it's hand-stitched, you know, hand-stitched and it's got all these things that, and, and you think, well, I suppose it could be, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for saying especially when you can now go to, you know, some of the supermarkets and get a wedding dress for I think 65 quid. Admit it. I mean, who cares, to be honest with you? I know it's supposed to be the special day. But why waste money on a dress you're going to wear the once? It's not like you're going to put it on the next day. My advice is rent. There's loads of shops where you go rent your wedding dress. Let's face it, the men go out and rent all their tuxes. Nobody goes out and buys all this mamby-pamby stuff you wear for weddings so you all look like penguins. You actually go out and you rent it, don't you? Why don't women go out and rent all their outfits? Much better, much easier. And that way you can have a nice designer dress... And, and you don't have to worry about it again. There you are in the pictures. Looks gorgeous. OK? Fine. As I've often said, you know, if all brides are beautiful... Where do ugly women come from? You've only got to go to Italy. You know, they start off gorgeous... And then they go worse and worse and worse. And very shortly... I mean, that's why... That's why... I think... What was the joke that my friend Michael told me? He said, that's why Greek women... Uh, sorry, that's why Greek men grow moustaches. To look more like their wives. And, and you think... I don't know. But you do see a lot... That, that East European unshaven look is fairly popular, isn't it? They, they... On the on women, yeah, you do get a lot of women. They, they, they don't believe in, in shaving or waxing or anything else. So quite normal to see people looking like a juvenile when he uh, sat on the bus and uh, pulled up his stockings to reveal very, very hairy legs. So there you go. That's, that's the way that we're feeling this morning. Uh, what are the papers full of? Bullying. Same as yesterday... Bullying. Have you been bullied? This woman who runs the National Bullying Helpline quite clearly broke a client confidence. If you phone up a confidential helpline, that's the clue, confidential helpline, and then somebody goes, oh, by the way, we've had phone calls. You think, you've broken a confidence. I've just told you. It's like somebody going to my doctor and saying, can you tell us what illnesses Steve Allen's got? You know, how how sick is he? What medicine? And she goes, well, I can't tell you. I don't tell you things like that. Nobody would expect it. To... It's like somebody going to my bank and saying, can you tell me how much Steve Allen's got in his account? When they've stopped laughing, they'll probably tell you. But it's, it's confidential. That's, that's information that is only privy to a certain lot of people. So for her to go to the newspapers and say that we've had somebody from 10 Downing Street, uh, she's been exposed in the paper today as, well, according to the front page of the Mail, she is a multiple litigant. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. Hundreds of thousands of pounds. And it goes back a long, long time. They've done a whole feature on it, which I found, I found quite fascinating. And um, they, they say in the paper here, ''Meet Mrs Pratt, High Priestess of Victimhood.'' Luckily, all the directors of the National Bullying Helpline have resigned, including LBC presenter Anne Widdecombe, because they don't want anything to do with it. And quite clearly, there's something not right here about this story. This woman here uh, has, has claimed money from all sorts of people. Unfortunately, she's also been taken to court herself for bullying. And she lost the case. She went to court to defend herself. And, uh, and they said, no, 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 no. You are uh, a bully. So there you go. Mind you, they always say, don't they, bullies, people who are bullied tend to become bullies. It's like police officers. You get a lot of police officers who know a lot of criminals because that's how you end up catching other criminals. You know, paedophiles tend to be people who were abused as children. So the abused go on to be the abusers. More on that in a moment. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. A suspected car bomb has exploded outside a court in Northern Ireland just as police were evacuating the area. Gordon Brown has described allegations of bullying within Downing Street as completely wrong talks are expected to begin later between BA and union leaders as they try to call off the threat of strike action. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick. Jay louise Thank you very
1: much, Steve. Southbound A3 is down...
0: LBC 97.3. Morning, every 18 minutes past five. Tuesday morning, it's LBC 97.3. It's nice to have your company. I trust you are well... I'm sort of well. I struggle through with a, with a sore throat, but I mean, pff, what the heck? It's nothing, is it now? People, people uh, struggle through with far worse. Noreen's having a dreadful time. She's having this kitchen fitted, and I don't know if you've ever had a kitchen fitted, but it is total disruption. Total disruption. She says, I'm freezing. Uh, no water downstairs, no dishwasher, no washing machine, cables everywhere. I hate the cold. It's funny, given the choice, I do cold, but I cannot do without a hot shower in the morning. I cannot do without a hot shower. It just, it just doesn't work for me. So when my boiler broke some years ago, and I had the new one put in, I think I went without hot water for about three months. About three, it was a nightmare. I could cope with just sort of not having central heating, but not to have a hot shower in the morning, to just turn on that tap. I know there are parts of the world where you turn on the tap and you get sort of gurgles and then sand comes out. But normally speaking, you would be expecting nice hot water. So when it all came out, I was really quite excited. Really, really quite excited about the whole thing. Anyway, uh, if you've got a, uh, a comment to make, 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. we we'll weave them all into the programme between now and 7, when Nick Ferrari will come along. Incidentally, for um, Easter, i would tell you now that I'm here on Good Friday and Easter Monday... And I'll be here between 7 and 10. Easter's... I don't know when Easter is. We got sent out the rotor the other day, but to be honest with you, I've got no idea when it is. I think it might be April. I don't know. I can't remember. When is it? When is... Oh, no, now this thing's gone funny. I can't remember when Easter is. We'll, ha- we'll have a check. We'll have a check later. But I'm here on uh, Good Friday between 7 and 10 and Easter Monday between 7 and 10 for Nick. And covering me between 5 and 7 is Christo. So Christo will be here on Good Friday. That's, uh, that's how it stands at the moment. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning, Zoe Williams, the Guardian columnist. We'll be looking at the papers. I bet they're still going to be talking about, about bullying. I've just got this, this feeling it's, it's going to come back in again. Because then you have to... April the 5th, is it? All oh, right. Easter Monday's April the 5th. Lovely, so now you know. And they're going to be talking... Oh, strangely enough. Guess who's coming up on breakfast this morning? It's somebody we only mentioned the other week going... I wonder where she went to. Jodie Marsh... Jodie Marsh, reality TV star and anti-bullying campaigner. Now, the trouble is, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, we were all bullied at school. Everybody. I don't know anybody who wasn't, because at some point there'd be the nasty bully in the class who'd pick on you, or a teacher picked on you, or somebody picked on you. Everybody was bullied. There is not one person who went through school without somebody saying something to them. I thought Jodie Marsh had disappeared, to be honest. I'd, I did comment the other week on the programme. There were certain people I was quite glad to see the back of on television because uh, she was just somebody who was uh, just went out. I remember some of the clothes she went out wearing. And um, and then, what, what, what was the, the latest, the last TV programme she had? Jodie Marsh Takes It Up the Aisle. Do you remember that one? Lovely. Uh, Steve, I bought a tux from Matalan for £60, far cheaper than hiring. Really? No, you can hire much cheaper than 60 quid. Much cheaper. <clears throat> Rolex, Steve, are not the best timekeepers unless they're serviced every year at £290 a time. Uh, well, if you've got a Rolex, 290 quid to have it serviced doesn't mean anything. I paid £150 to have mine serviced. You have it cleaned and they put a new battery in. Battery? i ask you. A battery in a watch. Uh, try MS chicken noodle soup. Really good. You will enjoy it, Steve. I don't think I will, actually. I'm not, uh, I'm not a not a chicken noodle soup person. I'm more cream of chicken, cream of mushroom, or mulligatawny, I think, or something like that. Um, Fred says, the, uh, the bloke the other day asked at 9am, what's your favourite biscuit? Do you think he was listening to you earlier? No, 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 it was in all the papers. It was in all the papers yesterday. Although, as we pointed out, there were no... There was all sorts of biscuits that weren't in there. There was no, no penguin biscuit in there. you think there should have been a penguin on the list. Steve, keeping info confidential, (coughs) this government allows the DVLA to sell our info to clampers, then loses the rest. It is true. It is true. There seems to be nothing now that you can do that's confidential. You send a text in to me, I can immediately check your history, find out uh, what names you've been using... Because some of the, uh, the people who, who text in are quite clearly off their trolleys. Because they either think they're men, women, couples, you know, foreign people. They think they're all sorts of things. God knows, their mind must be so barmy. Do you remember the baby pee case? You do remember the baby ke- pee case, don't you? Well, the, uh, the doctor, who didn't spot his broken back and ribs two days before he died, has fled the country. A day... Uh, before she was due at uh, a misconduct hearing, Dr Sabah al Zayat left the country. The consultant paediatrician is thought to be in Ireland after suffering a breakdown and being diagnosed as suicidal. So she's left the country, rather than face the tribunal, to say, excuse me, can you explain why you couldn't spot a broken back and two ribs in a baby? How is it, as a paediatrician, you didn't spot this? So rather than face the tribunal... Uh, we go suicidal and we we leave the country. And well, I find it, I've, I do find it quite worrying now that we seem to have a, a culture all over the place of just turning our backs. The man who murdered his uh, so-called part-time lover uh, finally gave the police a name the other day. This is Ray Gosling, who lives in sheltered accommodation. A man who's uh, who's no stranger to publicity. Let's put it that way. And he says that because this friend of his. Uh, was dying of AIDS, he thought he'd put him out of his misery and smother him. So he killed him. And I said, I'm terribly sorry, but there are rules in this country. And the rule is, you cannot just go and kill... This is somebody's son. They would quite like to know, I should imagine, how their son died. And also, it's not like a mercy killing where it's a husband or a wife or a relative. This person's not even related to you. It's just absolutely ludicrous. And then he was saying, <coughs> oh, I didn't think that the uh, the case would be taken any further. In the same way, there was a policeman the other day. He left his dogs to die in a baking car. He went in. What he did... did, At (coughs) 6.44am, he drove his three dogs to work. One is transferred to kennels. He tries to find a police car with an air-cooling system for Jet and JJ, but gets distracted. At 7am, he attends a 30-minute briefing before sitting down to complete some paperwork. 10.30, he remembers the dogs but on his way to get them, takes a radio message about a missing person and is distracted again. Twelve o'clock, he has a meeting with his sergeant about health and anxiety problems, and that lasts till 2.20 when he goes to clean out an air-conditioned dog van and is shocked to find his own dogs are not inside. He realises that they're still in the original car, and they're dead, because they've suffocated, because there was no air. They were locked in the boot. Anyway... He was fined £2,500, and the reason he was let off is because, uh, here, his uh, investigations into his conduct had turned him into a nervous wreck. So, in other words, he was being investigated, and due to that investigation, he became a nervous wreck, and the stress of the job made him forgetful, so he forgot about the dogs. The temperature on June, or in June, hit 28 degrees centigrade. 82 degrees Fahrenheit. The car turned into a greenhouse. The dogs boiled to death. They would have succumbed to kidney failure, brain hemorrhaging. I mean, even, you know, when, when it sort of, it hit. I think the temperature inside hit 116 degrees Fahrenheit. You can only imagine the suffering. Anyway, last night, animal welfare charities condemned his lenient sentence... Uh, they've said he must never be allowed to take charge of animals again. I mean, I'm, I'm prepared to accept the fact that the uh, the culture word in this country is stress. If in doubt, stress. Because it's like, it's like neck ache, isn't it? You have an accident, you see people walk around with a neck brace. It's the only thing you can ever prove in court. If somebody just goes, I can't move my neck. I can't. It's like repetitive strain injury. Oh, I can't do that. can't do that. Yeah, yeah I can manage. I mean, the woman the other day. I oh got so angry again. It's, happen- it's happening a bit too often around Twickenham. Woman pulls up in a car disabled sticker on the front, gets out, high heels, runs across the road, and I'm looking at her thinking, you're not bloody disabled, dear, what are you doing in a disabled sticker? And the answer is, it's probably a mother's, but I was going to ask. I think I might do it next time, take a photograph and ask. And I get, excuse me, I have to ask, just my own curiosity, what, what disability have you got? Because running over the road doesn't seem to me like a disability. The idea of a disabled sticker <coughs> is so you can park near to the shops because you can't walk very far. Drives me mad. It's done so for years and years and years and years. Dorman Dom says at school I was the bully. Give me your pocket money. Everybody was bullied. I don't I don't believe it. Uh I think Jodie Marsh Steve would be better as a spokesperson for an anti dignity campaign. Yes, I mean it has to what does she do for a living? What does she do for a living? I heard the, uh, the bullying things. So I think she went on Richard and Judy. But as I said at the time, years ago this was, we've all been bullied. Everybody's bullied. You're bullied all over the place. I've sometimes bullied getting on the bus. I get on the, What do you want? I want to get on the bus. Get off. Get off. Do it all the time. Do it all the time. 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. A feud has broken out over the authenticity of two historic sports cars. Two collectors, each insist that their 1964 AC Cobra is the genuine article and worth 250000 So they've placed adverts, and one of them is going to be very, very disappointed. This is Elk. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Another story in the paper today about... Uh, another one of these rather stupid girls who decides to have a party at home and so posts it on Facebook. You know, the thickos are still out there, still out there. you think they'd learn, but no, the dimbo is still there. And this time it's a girl called Rachel, who is 15. Anyway, Mummy and Daddy got back from a wedding to discover their house had been trashed. Ooh, big surprise there. Advertise it on Facebook, Apparently, more than 50 revellers thrust ornamental swords in walls, hurled paint over carpet, and urinated on beds and stole valuables. I've had a look at the pictures of the so called trashing. The one picture which features in all the papers is of the father standing in the kitchen with a lot of clothes on the floor. The same sort of clothes you would have if you just emptied the dobe basket or you've opened up the washing machine and you put them on the floor. It didn't actually look as though it had been trashed at all. And also, who keeps paint? who keeps paint at home, so yobs go and find paint. Anyway, their dim-witted daughter uh, was gutted as she discovered that their £300,000 home in Merseyside suffered £10,000 worth of damage. Well, that's what they'll be putting in, I should imagine, on the insurance claim, but the insurance company, I shouldn't imagine, will pay one penny piece. Why would you? I'm sorry. Advertise a party on Facebook. How dim do you have to be? We've had all these problems before. We've had no end of problems. (coughs) <coughs> about people who say, oh, have this party, you know, and all my friends are invited, and 10,000 local yobbos turn up. When you think to yourself? I mean, I'd, I'd never used to... I'm not a Facebook person, actually. Somebody asked me about it the other day. I got a phone call from a friend he said, you're not on Facebook, are you? I went, no, I'm not. Definitely not. Twitter, but not Facebook. Poor old James O'Brien has to go through every day. I mean, it's sort of, sort of taken over his life a little bit. Just a little bit. Do you remember Blake Aldridge who partnered Tom Daly in Beijing. This is Blake Aldridge, uh, who shouted at poor little Tom and blamed him because they didn't do so well. Uh, Daly was then 14, I think. They came 8th in the 10-metre synchronised dive. Anyway, he's been, uh, he's been arrested for allegedly stealing wine from a supermarket and punching a security guard. It's not the first time uh, Blake has had a little misdemeanour. Because last May he was given a fixed penalty notice for taking £4 worth of plumbing gear from a and q chain. B&Q, which is the same chain who sponsored him to go to China. Quite clearly a bit stupid, I think. Oh, get some daft people out there, don't you, in this day and age. Better tell you the weather, because it's, it's not great. Depending on where you're uh, going today, if you're going off to Poland, it's going to be snowy over there. But over here it's cold but dry. Uh, no rain. <clears throat> but it will come in later this afternoon. Light rain. Yesterday, we had snow in Richmond. Was a bit excited, really. We came back from doing a bit of shopping, trying to find a wallet. I'm trying to find a wallet that's big enough to take all my cards. And I bought one in Marks & Spencer's, 22 quid, for this luxury wallet. Get it back home, start transferring all the cards. There's never enough positions to put all your cards in. And then you put notes in there, and they stick out over the top. And they measure the uh, the country's notes, and don't Marks and Spencers measure to work out that if you put a twenty pound note in their wallet, it sticks out over the top. Ridiculous. So I put it all in there, put the money in, I'd take it all back out again. Rather a shame. Uh, showers will linger throughout the evening. The low is two centigrade. Tomorrow, heavy showers across the region for most of the day. Feeling fairly mild though. Thursday, once again, the Met Office. Heavy showers, they're saying. Cloudy, wet and windy on Friday. And Saturday, heavy showers mixed with bright spells. And I think we've got rugby and Twickenham on Saturday. I think it's Ireland. I think Ireland are playing. So that'll be... The pubs will be absolutely chock-a-block. Fred says, I heard you talking about coach trip. And decided to see what the fuss was about. I've now watched the last three series online in the last two weeks, and it's great. It is good, isn't it? You suddenly realise that there's some horrible people out there. I love the two bimbos from Essex. Okay, yeah, because we're just like good time girls Because we, like, you know, we're, we're up for it I thought, yeah, of course you are, you're from Essex And they go, and we don't want to be seen as bimbos And one's called, I can't remember what their names are But they're, they're real bimbo names, I'm afraid <laughs> uh, 8 for 850 Did you get your car sorted, said Dan After the crash with the Polish driver No, we're still waiting We're still waiting for it to be sorted out by the Motor Insurers Bureau I mean, hell will freeze over first, I should imagine It seems to be taking for ages, doesn't it It just goes on and on Oh, the machine's been fixed Oh, lovely. And doing fresh water as well? Yeah. Good Lord, there's no end to the excitement. Oh, no, I had to go somewhere else for the water. Oh, where? I
1: won't
0: tell you. Oh, God, she's been to the toilet again. <laughs> she's taken it out of the tap. And I know it's... Cl- I can see it's clean. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's better. I needed that for my throat. Thank you. Uh, Steve said, Stephen Harlington, you should you should go around Southall and Hounslow. Every other car's got a disabled sticker. It's blatant flagrant abuse, because people use them, and you're supposed to have the disabled person in there. But nine out of ten times they're not, like this woman yesterday. And her argument would probably be, well, I'm doing some shopping for my mother, but of course the law is... And you just, you know, where's a policeman when you need him? The law is you've got to have the disabled person in the car. Otherwise it's using it fraudulently. But there's so many bent people out there, I've almost lost the will to live on that one. I feel a bit sorry for, uh, 250 lags in Wandsworth Prison. We call them lags now. Let's call them by their other name, rapists, killers and paedophiles are suing the prison service, wait for this, for 50 th- up to £500,000 because they were made ill by dodgy egg mayo sandwiches. So they're suing. They were eating uh, these uh, these sandwiches in September. Each is expected to sue between 1000 thousand and five thousand and £5,000, depending on the symptoms. If the South London Nick admits negligence, the prison service is likely to offer an out-of-court settlement. So, uh, so far... One particular company have had around 80 inmates approach them. Are they allowed to just... What, they phone up or something. These are rapists, paedophiles and killers, and, uh, they were made ill. Oh, that's me hoping they would die. But, uh, no, sadly, just diarrhoea and vomiting. I thought that would have livened up cell life, really. Oh, I tell you, I watched it again yesterday. I did... Uh, I don't know why I'm watching it. I'm a fool to myself. But I watched the Alan Titchmarsh show. Not because of Alan Titchmarsh, but because I get so annoyed with that stupid idiot Andy Collins... Now, I know he's a friend of of Anthony Davis, because he's mentioned him before, but I tell you, I've never seen such an idiot in my entire life. This man quite clearly thinks he's very, very funny. And he's not. He is neither funny, nor witty, nor interesting, or anything at all. And I don't know why he's on there. If I was running the programme, the first thing I'd ditch, together with Campo Gino... Who's the uh, the Italian chef? Gotta make sure your house is locked up when he's around, just in case. And who else was on? Oh, Rosemary Schrager. She's another one who gets on my nerves. This this sweating fat woman who appears cooking food all that I'm dripping into the food, it just makes me feel ill. And uh, also be warned if ever you appear on a television programme with Gloria Hunniford, take my word for it. Having known Glow for a number of years, you won't get a word in edgewise. And that's why James O'Brien sat there. I seriously thought he died and had been embalmed. Because he didn't... There was John McCrurick, Gloria, and then O'Brien, wearing that one suit which comes out of the wardrobe every so often, with the purple shirt. And I was thinking, say something. Say something now. And they didn't... Because you just don't get a word in. (laughs) Gloria has it off to an art. I mean, she's just brilliant at it. It's very, very good. Very good. Oh, ITV. It looks like... I don't want to speak out of turn. They might have axed pop star to opera star. Thank God for that. Biggest pile of dross I've ever seen on the television. Made even worse by the fact that Darius Campbell Ni Danesh uh, won it. So he changed his name for some, I can't remember why. I suppose because most people thought Darius Danesh Nafo. So Darius Campbell now, but as as up his own rear end as he ever was. I'm afraid he really was <laughs> really was absolutely dreadful on the blooming thing. Dreadful. Just let you know, says Paul. I watched Coach Trip yesterday, and I found it great to watch. I'm going to apply to go on the show via their website. <laughs> What's Dodgy's excuse this week? Or has he put his fee up? He phoned me yesterday, and he said the website's up and running. So I go, "All right, books, etc." Or something. I said, "Why are you telling me this?" He said, "Because you asked about it." I said, "No, I haven't." He said, "Yes, you did last week." He said, "You asked me about books, etc., or something like that." I said, "No, I didn't." That you're going round the twist, aren't you? He, he, he doesn't know from one day to the next. The tr- the, the, he's on medication. He's on a bit of medication. Sometimes he doesn't remember who he's spoken to. I don't think he knew it was me that he was, uh, he was talking to at all. I think he just... Uh, <laughs> he just sort of... He just loses it completely. Mike says, I hope the prisoners get their 500000 The money should then be given as compensation to the victims of their crimes. It's a good idea, isn't it? As far as I'm concerned, the idea is you go to prison and you're meant to suffer... Not some holiday camp, is it? Although it does appear to be for many, many of them. Quite excited about the fact that they're axing agony uh, uh, pop star to opera star. Also, Jason, this is Jason Gardner, uh, after Sharon Davis went the other day, said, good. He said, nothing worse than a whinger. He said, even Heather Mills didn't whinge. And she, out of anybody, probably has the the right to whinge more than most people. But uh, she was on television yesterday. She just wasn't very good And it was done for a fee. But he has done his exclusive column. And thankfully he agrees with the entire country. Can we get rid of this Emily A. Tack? A totally useless plank who quite clearly thinks she's some glamour puss, but isn't, I'm afraid. Uh, No sex appeal whatsoever. You know, bleach blonde hair and big red lipstick does not make for sex appeal, I'm afraid. Sharon Davis, he said, I've just got one thing to say. Timber! Out she goes. Mikey Graham... So-so. I mean, he's, he's a bit chunky for skating on ice, I think. You know, quite sweet, but uh, but not grace. He, uh, grace. He's actually going on the tour. Gary Lucy. We told him to lose the plastic fake smile, which he did. But he's got a problem letting himself go. They all do that, don't they? People start appearing on television. They start developing this fake, hello, hello. I noticed it a bit on the Alan Titchman show yesterday from somebody. But anyway, I'm not going to go into that one. However, Hayley Tamadon... Even though nobody would ever heard of her, she's actually very good at ice skating. In fact, she's almost too good at ice skating. Daniela Westbrook, she, um, she's, she's had her problems in the past, but she was entertaining. And uh, she has the attitude and the ability to make the final. And Danny Young, Mr Frosty says, he can't sustain a performance. Rock and roll must be a sharp, clean and dynamic uh, show, particularly in the lifts. But he was laboured. Do you know he's only about two foot tall? Is, is another one of these short people on television where you, you can understand why they're not appearing in anything. Because having watched Emmerdale again yesterday and again got myself annoyed by watching the lame acting from the vicar Ashley going on about... This is the one who drove his own wife away and now starts bleating... Well, I tell you, I'd have smacked him yesterday in the cafe. I'd have, he actually called the, the lovely woman in the cafe a witch round her cauldron and all that. It was all going on. It kicked off yesterday big time. But he's a complete idiot. A complete idiot. Having sort of told everybody that it was him and he was wrong, this other woman was trying to get him into bed, and oh, I don't know, it's just... Oh, dear, it's just just terrible, really, isn't it? Uh, Steve, what are the lags suing for? Says Kev. They're suing for, um... for illness. It made them ill, so they're suing for illness, and and they want, to, they want compensation. And depending on how ill they are determines on how much money they get. So if they were very very ill with stomach cramps and they had diarrhea and uh, and everything else, I suppose then you can you can sue for a lot of money. And, and a lot of money could be up to um up to I don't know really, up to 5000 pounds. It depends how much they actually thought they suffered. That that's what I think. That's what I think. Somebody here says, oh, Lucky Steve gets two hours to let everybody here is moaning and gets a fat wallet for doing it. It's absolutely right, actually, and if you think you can do any better, do send in a tape. I'm sure the management would welcome people applying for jobs in this day and age, but the truth of the matter is, Sweet Pea, that nobody can do it. I mean, God knows they've been trying for ages to find somebody else who could do this at this time of the morning. You don't think I seriously enjoy getting up at two o'clock in the morning and staggering in through the wind and the rain, to sit here moaning and then, and then going home, you know, to central heating and have a bit of steak. You don't think I enjoy that, do you? Shame on you. Shame on you. It's real purgatory. Real purgatory. It's a bit like being Danny Minogue because Danny Minogue is pregnant, as you know. She's told everybody, so expect a book out very shortly, or at least a film, about woman gets pregnant. And she was looking marvellous. Hair still looks a bit rough. And she was saying that everybody in the family is looking forward to, uh, to seeing the new baby. I'm looking forward to seeing you getting married, I think. You know, I'd rather that the child had a father and a mother. And here is a fabulous place, the Roonies. I've been out looking at a home on Barbados, and it's a £5 million house... And uh, I'm not sure if they've actually bought it or if they're just looking at it. Uh, but the, uh, the boxer Joe Calzacki lives next door. God, the meeting of the minds. Wayne Rooney and Joe Calzacki. You can just imagine. The c- they do look quite similar, don't they? Very well paid, both of them. But unfortunately, no conversation. No conversation at all. But it's got ceiling fans. They've printed loads of pictures in the Express. So I'm assuming that they're going to be appearing in OK magazine. And neighbours include... Ashley and Cheryl Cole. Pff, not for much longer. And Anton and Deck. Lord! Anton and Deck are living together. Marvellous. Plus the England captain, Rio Ferdinand, currently on a four-match ban, I believe, for, let's just call it, nudging somebody on the pitch. So here it is, £5 million, and Colleen flew out the other day. It's amazing how that weight hasn't fallen off after the baby, but never mind. At least we have, uh, Kai Wayne, or Wayne Kai, who is their, uh, who is their new addition. The family, which is lovely. Colleen looked lovely, Croydon facelift, as usual, hair scraped back, not looking A little bit fat faced, but it's difficult, I understand, after you've had babies. It's very, very difficult to actually lose the weight as, as she's proving quite successfully. Although, strangely enough, I've noticed that uh, even um that uh, overinflated model, Katie Price, manages to lose the weight after all her children. <coughs> I think she goes on a concerted effort to try and lose it. She doesn't actually put anything on, does she? Think she just sort of—I don't know—she has children. She never seems to look that big. She just sort of has them, and then the weight just goes down again. How sickening! How sickening! As you can all imagine. Have I missed something? Certainly have. That's that's you making me miss things. My God, we are late. Thirteen to six. <laughs> These are the headlines. Talks to try and stop a series of strikes by a British Airways cabin crew are due to get underway later. Managers say any walkout would be deeply damaging. Police say it was a miracle no-one was injured after a car bomb exploded outside a courthouse in Newry in Northern Ireland last night. And three British teenagers on a gap-year adventure have been rescued from the Atlantic Ocean. Two days after the sailing boat they were on capsized off the Brazilian coast. Let's have a quick check on the roads for you. It's Jay Louise.
1: Thank you very much, Steve. Do I say it a <laughs>
0: Night, like Minister Six, is the time. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. at June twelve to LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square, a lovely wet part of London at the moment, because the whole of London appears to be wet and miserable. Horrible weather yesterday. Then it turned quite chilly, and we all went, oh, God, winter. And now the papers have, pardon me, said today that they think the cold spell could last till March. March. We'd start getting the jumpers out again again awful indigestion now i don't know why it's probably sort of mixing the cough mixture with the uh, with the coffee celia says we have a disabled friend who we occasionally take out and about i challenged someone who parked in a disabled spot and ran into the store she looked perfectly fit and well but when i asked her if she really needed to park in the disabled uh, bay she said i have ms didn't look as though it would affect her in some way but left me apologizing if she didn't have ms i hope she felt guilty but somehow i don't think she would See, th- th- can you tell if somebody's got MS? Would you have... Would you better run? I mean, there's all sorts of things, isn't there? Oh, right, so some days and other days. I think they must hand these things out like sweeties, mustn't they? Uh, Steve, <clears throat> what was the name of the cream you used for the hard skin as I'm mildly diabetic? Um, I use E45, but not with much success, and the webcam, is this a lost cause to the show? It is, actually. The webcam is a lost cause. Co- I'll tell you for why, because when we went onto the webcam, unfortunately, so many thousands of people accessed it. God knows why. But it crashed the system and cost them money. Well, not overcame to do it again. Anyway, hopefully in the dim and distant future we should come back to it. The cream I'm using is, uh, it's a foot cream, uh... Very good for diabetics, and all I can tell you is it's an Australian one. If you just say it's the Australian one, most chemists will know. If you go to my chemist in Twickenham, you're probably not in Twickenham, but Goods would know which it is because it's uh, it's got something in it that some of the other creams don't have, and it's quite uh, it's quite strong, so it's very good for for tough skin on feet. This is on feet, not uh, not anywhere else. <laughs> just in case you were thinking about using it elsewhere for sort of uh, for hard skin. <laughs> but it's it's for feet. Mainly for heels and things like that. So if you're diabetic, you've got to look after your feet. And a lot of people were talking about the hearing aids. And I can't remember what the site was. You'll have to podcast Sunday's show. Yeah, it's it's on Sunday's show. That's all I can tell you. Because I cannot remember what the site... Yes, but I, I couldn't remember what the site was. It might be Hearing Direct. Might be hearing... It's the same bloke who did the glasses it's the same bloke who did the cheap glasses online, and I can't. Remember, somebody would have to tell me what the uh, what the cheap glasses site is because he was he was undercutting all the uh, the opticians in the high street, and now he was going to do the same for hearing aids because they cost a fortune. They cost a fortune. He was doing them starting at ninety nine pounds up to I think two hundred and fifty for the best. Which is, it shows how much profit they, they make on these things when they were selling some of them, we heard, over the weekend. Up to £5,000 for a hearing aid. Up to 5000 Just drives me mad. Drives me mad. So if anybody can tell me about that, I'd be, uh, be very, very grateful. Uh, Brenda says, you mentioned you used cotton buds in your ears. I recall your fellow presenter, Jim Davis, said he perforated one of his eardrums by leaning on it in bed. Leaning on it? How on earth does that...? He's a most odd boy, I have to tell you. I mean, he's almost acrobatic in the bedroom, I should imagine, because he'd been distracted by a computer message. He'd stuck a cotton bud in his ear, leant over for some godforsaken reason, and it perforated the eardrum. Small wonder he had to go to A&E. Have you ever heard anything like it? I mean, so, I'm trying to visualise this. So, you put a cotton bud in your ear, okay, he's on the computer... And then he leans his head down on the bed with the with the cotton bud. You'd think he would have realised that he couldn't hear out of one of his ears. And so when you go down like that... And also, if you were just... Um, in fact, the more I think about this, the more ludicrous it becomes. Are you sure he's not appearing in a circus or something like Cirque du Soleil? You know, the man with cotton buds in his ears. It's not really the kind of thing you do. But I I, I do I do use cotton buds. And everybody says, don't use cotton buds. Don't use cotton buds. And you say... You know it's that's why I use cotton buds because I like it ha <laughs> ha uh, I'm an insomniac nurse who's truly severely disabled, mostly uh from work. I'd love to talk about the abuse of disability parking. It seems London is the worst says claire she said what's it, it's she says love the show very funny what 's not is the abuse of badges and parking that's essential to me, but as uh, as you said, they devalue the true need for concessions. They make be all disabled people seem to be faking it, because unless somebody gets out of the car and clings onto the roof and falls over, I don't think they're disabled anymore. And so you, you tar people with the, with the same brush, I'm afraid. So I know exactly what you mean, Claire. I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's a flagrant abuse, and it's people say, I had to rush into the chemist to get uh, medicine for my disabled mother. Well, is she in the car? No. Where is she? She's at home. Well, you're not allowed to use the badge. I'd love to... Oh, I could have a field day. A field day out there. Flexitol cream. Flexitol cream, is that... Is that cream? Mark, the uh, the bailiff, is up early. Be frightened because he's coming around to collect your car today if you haven't paid. He takes them. He, d- he doesn't mess around. He's not messing around with you. It's a case of... Uh, hello, ring, 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 ring. Bear in mind, he's already clamped your thing, so you're not going anywhere with a car. And he goes, I've got bills here, and it's uh, £750. And people go, oh, I've got seven hundred. We've got 750 pounds and he goes well we're, we're taking a car so at the moment they actually hook it up to the truck it's amazing how people discover credit cards they find them all over the place like that wonderful woman on the toe only repeat it because it, it did make me laugh and i i believed her at one point french woman flying on easy jet and she turned up the day before and she was late for the flight so they said no you have to come back tomorrow so she comes back the next day And this time she's desperate to get to France for some reason. Why? I can't imagine. It's horrible. The French hate us. And and she gets there and she's late. And they go, no, you have to pay the £35 transfer onto this flight or £60, whatever it it was. It was under £100. And you can't go on this flight. We'll put you on one later. I have to go. I have to go. And she started crying. She did the whole drama bit. And she, I don't have any money, I have no money, please, please, let me, I have to, and they're going, listen, there is no way under God's earth are you getting on this flight. It's close, look, you see that thing taxiing out there? That's your flight. It's going. She's crying, she's weeping, I don't have any money, I have to get home and all that. Anyway, to cut long story short, eventually, she managed to find a credit card, and so paid the money, and they put her on the flight the next day. But it's amazing, the lies that people, ta- these are adults you can understand children telling lies but when adults tell lies it's it's just worse as far as i'm uh, concerned uh it's uh, glasses direct glasses direct is the uh website which is the man who does the the cheap glasses okay <coughs> so glasses direct and i'm sure that there'll be a link on there for the um for the hearing aids as well so glasses direct is the uh, company that he's got. He's a friend of Prince William, and we like him. If he can make things cheaper for elderly people, then he gets our vote. Hi, how would you like 10,000... P- morning, everybody. A little bit throaty, I'm afraid, this morning. Apologies for that. Makes me sound uh, quite sexy. A little bit... Li- Somebody said Barry White. Producer said Barry White. Completely off the trolley. <laughs> I'm neither overweight nor black. Let's <laughs> just put that one straight. I thought I sounded a little bit like... Uh, uh, she could not stirred. You know, just, then, then I thought, no, it doesn't sound like that at all, actually. It just sounds like Steve Allen with a sore throat, <laughs> which isn't half as exciting. Anyway, for all those people, thank you to Jeremy and Weybridge and everybody else who has sent in the details. This is the man who started GlassesDirect.co.uk, and the reason he started GlassesDirect, is a friend of Prince William's, and I always applaud people who try and do something to save people money, because if, if you don't wear glasses, you will have no idea how much it costs when you go to an optician. It costs an arm and a leg. It is nothing to pay for a, a, a plastic frame, because it's got Cartier on the side, or Dior, or Ray-Ban, or whatever it happens to be, uh, two or £300. So that's why it's terribly expensive. So he set up glasses direct, and now you can go and get your eyes tested, you can take the prescription to somewhere else, and you can get them made up anywhere. So that's what he was doing. And then on the light of that, he felt quite miffed. that so A lot of elderly people and people who are losing their hearing were taking advantage of by a lot of the hearing aid companies who would put an advert in the paper saying hearing aids from, you know, £27.50 or whatever it happened to be. And duly, people would uh, send off for the hearing aid for £27.50 and back would come a not particularly good hearing aid. And so they would then send it back saying, really, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me because they would do them on a 30-day free trial. And they would then send around a salesman. And before you knew what had happened, you're spending £1,000 spread over five years or £2,000, we heard, up to £5,000. So he said, this is just ridiculous. I want to do the same as I did with glasses, but for hearing aids. So they start at £99 and run up to, I think, about 250 And uh, for those people who uh, have inquired about it, it's hearingdirect.com. So the glasses are at glassesdirect.co.uk, hearingdirect.com, or it might be uk, but it's hearingdirect. And you can find all the details on uh, on there. Morning, Dan. Do you know, every time a bus goes past me now in Twickenham, I keep looking at it thinking, is he working on the buses anymore? I see Ivor more than I see you, but uh, I, seen, I hope you're well this morning, and things are... it's cold everywhere. I spoke to my accountant the other day because I've just signed woo, the new contract. But in it, you have to put down your national insurance number. This is your special national insurance number, which I wasn't aware of. Well, I mean, I'm aware of it, but I didn't know what it was, which, which proves to the company that you're self-employed. So, of course, I have to phone my accountant, and I can't have a short conversation with my accountant. I just talk to him. We talk about films, we talk about all sorts of things, and we talk about just, just about everything, anything to keep it away from money. Because I can't bear talking about money to a accountant, because he's he's fascinated by figures, and I just go into a cold sweat. And so you now know that I've overpaid on my VAT, because I couldn't be bothered to work out 9.5, so I've paid them an extra percent over a couple of months. It's not going to be, it doesn't amount to too much. And so he, he, I said, I need this number, because I've got to put it down on my contract, which I've never had to put down before. So he reads me out this long number. So I fill this in on my contract, and then I realise I have to send two copies of my contract. So I've done, then you have to put down your VAT number. I mean, all, you know, the only thing they didn't have down there was my date of birth. Thank God. Because let's face it, anything before 1890 is a little bit worrying. Mark is in, er, Northumberland. He says, I'm originally from the south. He says, I've been listening to you for the last hour. My God, I thought my old mum could whinge, but you've turned it into an art form. It is true, actually, a 31 year art form. (laughs) <laughs> he says, uh, at least it makes me smile this time of the morning. Well, if you li- live in Northumberland, you haven't got too much to smile at, have you, really? You look out, there'll men with flat caps and whippets and stuff like that out there, all carrying a loaf of hovis. Oh, aye, lad. Oh, aye. It's great up north, isn't it? So I'm most... I love the idea that you were originally from south and you've moved up north. And I saw a great programme on the television the other day about Scotland. And it was so beautiful. I sat there... I'm, I'm fascinated with, with not only the history of this country but also other places, so I like anything that's got... And there's a DVD out, I think it's called The History of Scotland, and I sit there riveted by this stunning scenery. I mean stunning. They went up to a lock, and you think, who has been up there and sat there and watched? And this man stood there and he watched deer rutting and deer not rutting and and deer sort of talking to each other and sort of, you know, deer doing their nails and stuff like that and sort of combing their hair and making themselves look attractive and other deer hanging around with other groups of deer and all that kind of... And I'm watching this, I'm thinking, do you know, we don't get out enough, do we? I live in Leicester Square. Now, to somebody in Northumberland, Leicester Square probably seems quite glamorous. You want to see it at the time of the morning? I see it. Not as glamorous then, let me tell you. People throwing up outside and things like that. and I go, thank you. It'll be the boss again, and and then you arrive in the building and it's and it's big and it's wonderful. It's warm. And then I look at the scenery and I think I want to go there. I want to go to Northumberland. I want to go to Locks. I want to go to Lakes. I want to go to the Lake District. I want to go to. I- I've never been to Ireland in my life. Never been. One of these days, I might actually make it. Might actually make it. Uh, Val says I have M E and I have a blue badge. And I find walking exhausting, but I do look quite well on occasions. (laughs) Listen, I look quite well on occasions as well, Val. But she complains about the yellow pages. The print is so tiny now, she says, I can't read it. Listen, I can't read anything. I'm hopeless. I'm blind as a bat. I just about find my way into the building in the morning. It's only because they've sort of marked it with fluorescent colours. Fourteen past six. LBC. LBC, 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's a miserable, cold, wet, horrible day it's cold. Put your gloves on, take an umbrella if you're going to be in town later on, buy a small umbrella. Why is it the smaller they are, the more expensive they are? You can buy a big umbrella for two quid, a little tiny one, 15. How does that work out? The answer is they've had to compress it down. And uh, Mark says, can you, can you mourning Rob and Lodgy as they're crying because they don't get a mention on your programme? I know the feeling. I don't, I don't get any mentions at all. I'm always desperate for a mention on this programme. And uh, Jan, who's at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch says, we had the counterfeit stones at the Queen's last night and Steve sent his love to you. He came in to see what I looked like. I bet he wasn't disappointed. Lovely Jan in the box office at the Queen's Theatre because we know the Queen's Theatre of old, do we not? Valerie says, glasses direct. Thank you. And poor old D says, my loo is broken and I cannot tell you how annoying and upsetting it is. Landlords have totally ignored my pleas. I said, please, what can I do when you've got to go? You've got to go. Oh, I can't think of anything worse, actually. I can't think of anything worse. (laughs) Terrible. Anyway, I said I'd had an email yesterday. Years ago, I used to do a quiz on LBC called Lovies. And it was devised by our then programme controller. Lovely Scottish lady. And the idea was that I would chair it, and we would have two team captains. One was Barry Took, and the other was Enrightel. And Enrightel and Barry Took worked out... You know, all these stories. Oh, it's dry outside, is it? Well, uh, around the back of the building, it's absolutely tipping down. There's a thunderstorm here, and it really I don't... I, I probably won't get home without shrinking in the rain. We're all complaining in the newsroom, saying, oh, it's dry outside this morning. No, tipping down outside the back of this building. Different weather force forecast for, the, for them in the newsroom. All right, so it's dry at the moment. It's going to rain later. All right. God, blimey, honestly, take your life in your hands on this programme. Even the newsroom start criticising. Everybody's a critic. So, we did the programme Love Is, with Barry Took and Enrightel, and I chaired it, and we would invite in celebrity guests, and we would tailor questions to the celebrity. And what would happen is, they would they would come in, we had a buffet, and some wine, and it was really nice, made all sorts of bit Barry Cryer. And I was reminded, because I got a, an email yesterday from Barry Took's wife, called Lynn, and Lynn came in. With Barry, and she says, uh, we met in 95, when my late husband, because you know that Barry sadly died, was part of a programme you presented, Love Is, and I remember N Enrightel was the other regular. Well, the sad news of John Dankworth reminded me of that wonderful evening when he and Cleo Lane participated in the show, because we had a couple who would come in every week, and John Dankworth and Cleo Lane came in and did Love Is. And she said, I wonder if that programme still exists in the archive and whether or not you would consider repeating it as a tribute. She said, anyway, I thought all the Lovies programmes were excellent. I'm only sorry they didn't continue. Do you know, I have a horrible feeling, but I've, I've, I've sent a message back to Lynn Took to say that I've had a word with young Chris Lowry, who knows about the archives, to ask if the Lovies were archived. But I have a horrible feeling that we had a person in the building at the time who had a complete fit and cleared everything off cupboards, and all the Lovies programmes at that time were on tape. Shows how long ago it was, 95. They were all on tape, and all these programmes with all these celebrities on, some of whom aren't here anymore, including dear lovely Barry Took and John Dankworth, and we had all sorts of people on there. Lots and lots of celebrities came in, and it was a good half-hour quiz. Very funny, lots of good stories from celebrities. It was it was a fantastic title, and it was, it was done very well. I thought so, especially after the glass of wine. It worked even better. But I have a horrible feeling that all the tapes were cleared away and thrown. I've just got this feeling. I think the person who was looking after it at the time just went, clear all that mess off there, and out went a whole raft of programmes. And there would have been... I would think in excess of 30 programmes. So anyway, I had a word with Chris Lowry yesterday, and he said that he will check it out. Because if, if it is there, and if we've still got any of them, it would be quite nice if we can put them on the podcasts. Because I don't think, I can't see how I'm going to fit it into the programme, but you're right, here, John Dankworth again would be lovely. That's the, that's the advantage of, of radio and doing recordings, because you keep all these celebrities, so they're always going to be with us, they're never, they're never not with us at all still like the idea that Steve from the Counterfeit Stones went to see what Jan looked like. I bumped into him in Richmond a short while ago, because the Counterfeit Stones used to come in, and the, and the Bootleg Beatles, because we thought the Bootleg Beatles and the Counterfeit Stones were brilliant. Absolutely. If you've never seen any of these tribute bands, they are two of the best. Two of the best. You won't find better at all. Stephen says, if you do go to Ireland, go north. Train journey, Belfast to Derry, well worth a trip. Ha <laughs> ha Steve, Anne here... I work for BA, and I'm disappointed in the way you keep putting us down. Well, I'm terribly sorry, Anne. We haven't mentioned you at all this morning, sweet pea. So I don't know what you're listening to, but uh, uh, we d- we d- deliver the best airline service and deserve respect. No, you don't. You certainly don't deserve respect. You earn respect. You don't deserve respect. A- and also, we haven't mentioned you at all this morning. So, um... Sorry, but let's find out. Sit here we are. Now, this is where I can check, you see. This is where I could do my little checking bit again. Oh, go away, you silly thing. Because uh, I always like to find out, because we haven't we haven't mentioned BA at all this morning. I think it's quite disappointing that they're going on strike. I think uh, I think it's a foolish mistake, and especially in this day and age, because people will, will desert, I'm afraid, and they will go elsewhere. Oh, no. Oh, Anne. Uh, Anne has only ever sent one text in. Which is a bit of a shame, actually. Oh, no, she has sent uh, three. There you go. And uh, she's not sure who she is, actually, because she might be a man as well. She's either going to be Anne or Matt or somebody. It's a bit of a shame, really, isn't it? So you're a bit confused. So when they say trolley dolly, you really are, aren't you? Perhaps more more trolley than dolly. (laughs) Which is quite interesting. Nick Ferrari this morning. He's going to be talking about all the stories in the papers, including another worrying case of child abuse in Haringey. Uh, Plus, they'll be talking about two key election backgrounds, transport and immigration. Joining him live in the studio, the Immigration Minister, Phil and the Commissioner of Transport for London, Peter Hendy, with the election ever closer. Uh, Also, Zoe Williams, the Guardian columnist, will be looking... ...at the papers this morning. And it's, it's the same stories that we had yesterday. In fact, if I, if I didn't know any better, I would say that they'd almost repeated yesterday's stories... ...because they haven't got anything at all. Why you'd be interested in the fact that Cheryl Cole's got a friend of hers sitting in the room... Uh, ...with her talking with his dog, and he's an answer. Why you'd be interested in Norman Tebbit, who lived up to his reputation the other day as a bruiser by attacking a dragon... At a Chinese New Year celebration, Lord Tebbit got so upset about the noise, he ran, ran, a hundred yards from his home, seized a drum that one reveller was banging, and then kicked the dancing dragon's rear. Organiser Patrick Chung, a Tory councillor, said he ran after the dragon and kicked it. There was a child in the back of the costume, and somebody was kicking him, and he didn't know why. Because if you're at the back of the dragon, you're just following somebody's bottom, aren't you? They bang the drum, and that's what they do to welcome in the Chinese New Year. Lord Tebbit said he hadn't realised it was it was Chinese New Year. So, so, what did you think they were doing? Just opening a new Chinese restaurant or something? No, Chinese New Year, it's been running for a week, the celebrations. Culminating on Sunday, of course. He said, I got jostled by the dragon, I have apologised. You don't kick a dragon. Not very nice, is it? Not very nice. Susan Boyle apparently burst out laughing the other day. Somebody at, uh, at Eurostar thought she was the Queen. There's somebody blind, I should imagine. I mean, how on earth you could think that Subo looks like the Queen is beyond me. Apparently it made her laugh. Made her laugh, it did. She says it. So apparently she was with her manager, and niece, a source close to Susan, said she's had a pretty hectic few days, but it really cheered her up. Oh, how lovely. It's amazing how the simple things cheer you up, aren't they? Isn't it? You know, stuff like that. Oh, look, more rain. Snow outside. Just to cheer the newsroom up this morning. Can't bear to be told. Drives me mad, honestly. They come up with these little things, and they sort of think, it's not raining outside. Uh, Dan says, uh, as Danny's now back at work, I do late on a Monday and Tuesday, and I'm a blooming late, so I start work at half four, just as you're going to bed, and getting in as you're waking up. I've only had four hours sleep. Now, somebody said, we were asking the other day on the programme, how many hours sleep you need, and I thought it was eight hours, but apparently you don't need eight hours sleep. Andy says it's dry out there this morning. Everyone's a critic, aren't they? Every blooming one of you. LBC. Twenty-five to seven. I hope Matthew is sitting down. Says Alex. Why? Are you sitting down? I am. Then I shall begin. Do you had another winner yesterday? Oh yeah. yeah! In fact, actually, that sounds like he's had a lot recently. Says Alex. Yeah. But in fact, he hasn't. <laughs> just three this month. What have you got for me? What have you got? For okay, call to arms. What's one at my... five to six. Yes, yes, yes. Forget all about that. What's my treat? One. Well, the, the treat is me actually telling you that you've got pound sixty-seven. Right. Well, well, well that's lovely. Yeah? yeah. So, total loss now, £10.53. mm mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I think I'm looking for something a little bit better, you know, for a treat. Oh, now, come on! I think... Well, come on. Oh, I think so. Listen, if I gave a treat, it's like training a child. If I gave a treat every time you've got a little bit of money in the bank which is only paying off your overdraft, I'd be broke quicker than you. I see. So I'm that looking... It. I tell you what, treat tomorrow if you have a winner today. Have you ever heard of rewarding success? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, in fact, poor old Alex's selection was snowed off. Oh, dear. So uh, he's still got £21.65 in the green. He's in the green channel. You're in the red channel. I see. £10.53. If you have a winner today, you're up for a porridge tomorrow. Wow. Will we? A porridge with apple and sultanas. Will He likes porridge. Oh no, he, he likes porridge. producer producers are scorned at porridge. No, I liked it. No, didn't. he likes porridge. After I worked out how much water to put in it, I quite liked Yes, it. he didn't do very well first time round. Now he's actually worked out how to actually make porridge. Yeah. <coughs> he put too much. So consequently, he was like, I well, anyway. think at my age, I should be able to make porridge by now. Well, nobody knows your age. That's the trouble That's around very here. True. I've tried trawling through the archives. It's a top secret. It is. It's kept very well hidden. Mm-hmm. Very well hidden. Today, we're off to Taunton. Mm-hmm. 5.20 can he think are i beg your pardon can he think are i don't know <laughs> can he? i don't know i'm not sure if it's a northern expression can he think are can he think are it's think and then a a r i see can he think oh can he thinker can he thinker oh, it could be, it? It could be. <laughs> i do wish they'd stop doing this to me because sometimes oh, my brain switches off uh today's meeting at Southall subject to an inspection but they are set to go at
1: lingfield and taunton i'm also going with taunton the 450 mm-hmm. i think it's sericina s-e-r-i-c-i-n-a could be
0: sericina probably sericina isn't it sericina. i would think I'll go so. with sericina yes i'm going with that one so winner today yes porridge tomorrow mm. if of course you, you have a winner tomorrow yeah, it's it's I mean, I don't think one pound sixty-seven is enough to start getting excited. Just get the porridge ready. Okay, okay I'll the say. porridge will be ready. I'll t- if, if that horse wins today, you're up for it. Good. All right, kiddo. I deserve it. You do deserve it. You're quite right. But it is only Tuesday. Mm. Things can get worse, <laughs> and <laughs> will, <laughs> and they will. Yes. We'll talk tomorrow. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. <laughs> that's uh, Matthew Schofield. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Harry, we loved your, uh, your your email this morning. The producer just fell about laughing, and then I uh, gave her a quick slap and picked her up and stuck her back on the chair again, and she was much happier after that. Uh, let's find out from uh, from Darren. Morning. Where morning. We're off to today. Morning. Is it is, morning, is, uh, is it raining where you are?
1: How? Oh,
0: Let me go have a look. Just could you just have a
1: you just okay. have a look at the window. Very
0: big mansion I live in. Yes, I well exactly. No. I mean, can you? It's it's not. No. It's ah, okay. No. Right. So I'm just trying to justify the fact earlier on I was saying it was raining, and of course no the newsroom got all upper tea, and you, know, you can't say it's it's raining when it's not raining. Well, the so we've had a that kind of rain, gubbins. The, the yeah. forecast is rain. That's why I tried to explain to them, but once once they're on a hobby horse, they don't get off. They like they're like sort of a a, a dog with a, with a bone. They well, shake and shake and shake, and they just don't let go of it. Well, get your
1: speedos out because if the forecast rain, you know it's going to be the most beautiful sunny day.
0: I do hope so. Uh, We can do with some sunshine, but they're now saying in the paper this morning that the cold weather's going to run all the way through until, (laughs) excuse me, March. (coughs) But as March is is, only on Monday... That is winter and spring, isn't it? It is. Blooming cold, though, today. Blooming cold. Anyway, where are we off to?
1: Uh, Well, from tomorrow down at Tate Britain, Henry Moore, through the decades, the most comprehensive exhibition of his work ever. Do you like his work?
0: No, I don't. No? Can't stand Henry Moore. Those Henry Moore sculptures. I saw a picture of the paper the other day, and it was another well-known artist, and it just looked like blobs of colour on a piece of paper. And they were asking ninety-five thousand for it. A bust. And Henry Moores go for huge, but and it's like Picasso. I never understood his talent either.
1: Well, Henry Moore, you, the most probably the most famous one is the one that's on um, College Green, opposite Parliament. You know when they go, and now it costs Life to Parliament.
0: That's there, isn't it? Yes. There's
1: there's that uh, Henry Moore in the background where they sit. I know you'll like this one, down at the National Portrait Gallery, next door to where you're sitting at this very moment, Twiggy, a life in photographs.
0: Be, I've seen a lot of the tricky, uh, Twiggy photographs because they were in uh, Justin uh, de Villeneuve's book.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. Yeah. He, he, he sort of, it, it was that geeky look with the big lashes and everything else that sort of yeah. took her, I think when she was 16, to become a successful model. And of course, uh, also film star. Indeed. Just wasn't very good that's when they used her to present on This Morning, was she? She was one of the tryout <laughs> presenters, and I think she lasted about five minutes. Well, she's not
1: looking bad now, is
0: she? No, she looks good. No, Airbrushed, absolutely. of course.
1: Listen, now, now, that's until Sunday, March 21st. When are your photos coming out, by the well, way?
0: Well, listen, I'm, I must have a word with Ashley, because he's been he's been sitting on mine, literally, for weeks and weeks, since we had them done. I've I've heard. And I, I've heard. I, You've heard?
1: I, I've, I've heard there is not a computer in the land that's got enough power to run Photoshop for the amount of touching up as needed. Well, that's
0: it's, qu- hurtful. You. Quite hurtful. I, I think, actually, in some of mine, I think you I, I did... I was pegged. I was the <laughs> only one on the session pegged, apparently, because they wanted um, my, my shirt to look tight. I thought you'll be having me dress like a gladiator next. is so uh, something
1: else I'm going to be doing from uh, next week, Ghost Stories, down at the Lyric Hammersmith. Oh, this is going to be... Brilliant. It's already been on up, on up in the north. But don't go if you're of a nervous disposition. This is from Andy Nyman, who uh, helps create Darren Brown's stage shows. And Very clever
0: man, to... Andy Nyman. We like Andy Nyman a lot.
1: Yeah, he's been in conversation, hasn't he? And yes. Jeremy Dyson, who writes and directs The League of Gentlemen.
0: Love his vacuums. They're fabulous. If you
1: go and look at the video of it, mm. they've got a secret camera that they put in the to watch people's reactions.
0: Oh, I don't like you going to a theatre to be scared. I'm sorry, I'm a bit girly in that respect.
1: Well, how about this one, Stephen? Secret cinema. Have you heard about this? No. You pay your money. Yeah. They tell you what the dress code is, and then they email you on the day where you're going, but you don't know what you're going to be seeing <laughs> until you get there.
0: I'm going to a meeting next week of the company (laughs) it's roughly (laughs) the same kind of thing (laughs) they've emailed us where we're going i don't know what to wear here steve
1: you've been presenting this early morning
0: breakfast
1: (laughs) now you're doing overnight now we're giving you the company hooray
0: (laughs) 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 actually i always worried about that restaurant in london where you go in and you're blindfolded it's pitch dark yeah i know i don't don't like like that idea at all i'm afraid
1: this is much the same thing. You've got no idea what you're going to go and see. Mm. It's on this Saturday and Sunday, and if you go to www.secretcinema.org.
0: Secret Cinema, eh? Good one, eh? I, I, I like the title of it, actually.
1: Secret Cinema. Secret I'm Cinema sounds quite good. You're going to be dressing as a nun, and it's going to be <laughs> Bridge over River Quay.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Cassie is in. Uh, Says, I looked out over snow covered Grampian Mountains and I got the sudden pang to be back in Leicester Square. She says, love the show. Thanks for keeping Scotland in touch with civilisation. And on that note, on that happy okay. note, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk to you on Sunday, but in fact, you'll be um, with Petri on Friday. Right, at eight o'clock. Excellent. Thanks for that very much. Cheers. Bye. Darren Tossel, it's apparently snowing dreadfully in his, his neck of the woods at the moment, and the rain's coming down here. I should probably get wet just running for the bus. 16 to 7. This is. Morning, everybody. 10 to 7. Joe says Gordon Brown reminds me of that early 80s TV show, The Mascot from Bullseye. Everybody loves a bit of bully. Remember that little mascot they used to come out with? Uh, and Steve, is that Attack Girl's mum, Kate Robbins? She's in The Dancing on Ice. Yes, she is. And I think her father's, Keith Attack. There were two brothers who were in, I'm sure they were in a group called Child. I could have got that wrong. But somewhere in my dim and distant memory, that, uh, that bit has, uh, come up. Uh Stuart says, does anybody remember N. Rytel in a TV series called Lucky Jim? Actually, he does, it. he is, I think N Rytel would have to be voiceover king in London. He does adverts, he doesn't even remember he's done. In fact, most of them we played on LBC. He'd sit there and go, I think this is me. He says, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh, and Declan says, ha, rain later. So there's water on my windscreen in Leighton, must be in my mind go and see my uh, my shrink. Shout out to Mark the Bailiff, wherever you are today, from a shy rob and lodgy in Enfield, <coughs> patrolling the roads. I love the idea of patrolling the roads. Uh, Jean says, my WH Smith diary says, spring starts the 20th of March, and summer <coughs> starts March the 28th. So spring's only seven days this year. I don't know. Rain in Stepney, Steve. And Steve uh, says, Jane, it's raining on the A2. Fantastic. I ah, love it to pieces. Love it to pieces. And Dee says, I wish you'd put a book together of all your interviews. It would be... It would be interesting, wouldn't it? Drizzling in Stoke Newington. Fantastic. How many hours sleep do you need, then, says Tony? I went to bed at 10.30 and I don't have to get up yet. <laughs> I, well, I thought it was eight hours, but some people survive um, very well on... I don't... What do they survive on? Four hours? I mean, you can actually... I think you can survive on four. hours. I think you can survive on four hours. Some people don't do. It. I mean, I'm not saying that you could do it all the time, but I, I would think it, it would be quite easy to survive on four hours, provided you weren't, uh, you weren't actually doing it every single night of the week, and I'd, and provided you sort of managed to get some, some rest in somewhere else. <laughs> uh, eight four eight five zero. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. And uh, very quickly, let's look at the uh, front pages of the papers. It's Ashley and Cheryl. Jan Moyer is doing it. Oh, incidentally, the comments that went to Ofcom from Jason Gardner about uh, Sharon Davis on the ice skating programme uh, were overturned. Ofcom said he was not out of line at all. That was exactly the kind of thing that, uh, that you would expect here on that programme. So that was good, and that's why he's in all the papers. That's why he's in all the papers, and they pay him for his opinion. He does turn up on This Morning, and he turns up, I think, most mornings, because he does, uh, he does fashion. I think he does fashion. And, Steve, I remember Enright Teller's mog in the LW sitcom. Kate Robbins is Paul McCartney's cousin, and Ted Robbins' sister. Lovely. To make porridge. Oh, porridge. You see, everybody's doing porridge... At the moment, I'm doing porridge every morning, because somebody said to me ages ago, porridge is really good for you. And then somebody said, why don't you do it with honey? And I think that, who did that? M- Mr Vezino, our cleaner, said the other day, he said, do do porridge with honey. I said, I can't do honey. Send me round the twist, it's all sugar. I said, i would be up on the ceiling with it. But it did sound quite nice, and they do do a, a porridge, this instant one, which I think comes with a sachet of honey, and you sprinkle it afterwards. But I've not, I've never been a great honey eater. Now, somebody told me the other day that in Selfridges... They're doing peanut butter ice cream. Well, I quite like the sound of that one. Quite like the sound of that one. So I might be going to try that one later. Zoe Williams will be looking at the papers with Nick Ferrari a little bit later on. She's no doubt going to be talking about the truth about the multiple litigant Mrs Pratt. British Airways passengers could face a series of strikes after the cabin crew yesterday voted overwhelmingly for industrial action. But it's okay, you don't need to worry, because apparently loads of ground crew are being trained up to do the jobs. It's not that difficult. T... Coffee. Would you like me to put that in the overhead locker? There you go, I've done it for you. There's two doors to the rear, two doors to the side, and at the front, OK? In the event of the plane crashing, which is very unlikely, oxygen cylinders will come down. The action of putting the mask to your face will activate the oxygen. Uh, inside this thing, which you're going to put round your chest, if we land on water, there's a whistle and a torch. So it's like going to a disco. So you can go... <whistles> We'll start waving the torch around. OK. Not difficult. Not difficult. Hello. Thank you for flying with us. Thank you for flying with us. There you go. Enough story. We can all go and be trolley dollies very quickly. Daily Express this morning is uh, Labour saying we're all racist. They've dismissed the British public's widespread opposition to mass immigration as racism. So says a government document. And uh, the monster-raving gloomy party... That's what they've said on the front page of The Sun. Plus, the cop who let two police dogs die in a baking hot car forgot about them because he was suffering from depression. Apparently, because he was being investigated and that made him depressed. So, he forgot about the dogs and in eight hours they died, I'm afraid. Uh, Dancer Derek Hoff leaving Cheryl Cole's hotel at 4am after comforting her for seven hours. It's just a friend. It's just a friend. He's a dancer. Okay, he's walking out with a dog. He's blonde. You know, he's in he's in Los Angeles. And then the, the Daily Mirror are very confused by this, so they ask the question, what was Derek doing in Cheryl's hotel room till 4am? Probably chatting and comparing makeup hints, I should imagine. I've got no idea. Nobody knows. Daily Star have followed the same theme. A nine-hour hotel tryst. Apparently, she sneaked this hunky dancer... He's not. ...into her t- hotel room until 4.15. Snake-hipped Derek was grinning from ear to ear. Of course he was. Because <clears throat> all of a sudden... He's become famous for no other reason than they sat in a hotel room chatting about what do you do? Do you ditch him or or do you not ditch him? Sal says, it's drizzling light rain at Heathrow. Thank you. (laughs) I'm trying to justify. Uh, Greetings from uh, Guangzhou in China. Neil says, still laughing about the Norman Tebbit story. If you want to hear more on that, you'll have to go and podcast the uh, programme. And uh, very quickly here, Prakash says, porridge with blueberries is the way forward. Raining in Stretton, says Farouk. and Joe reckons that porridge with stewed rhubarb and honey is delicious. (coughs) Which gives me also a killer, I should imagine, which is about just the way I'm heading at the moment. Anyway, at least we're going to the doctors today. That's it. I'll be... (coughs) Sorry. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. It's just one of those tickly coughs. It'll disappear. And thank you to Carol, who's just had uh, major heart surgery in the National Heart Hospital, but because of the podcast on LBC, has been cheered up immensely. You see, we just like good news to finish the programme. Have yourself a nice day. If it's raining or if it's not raining, take an umbrella, because it will be raining a little bit later on. We'll be back tomorrow morning at five, so do join us then. Check out the LBC website. It's got so much stuff on there. LBC.co.uk. Nick and the team are with you after the news at seven o'clock this morning. He'll be taking your phone calls and texts and emails. Before that, here's Matthew Schofield with today's business update.
1: Thanks, Steve. The Chief Executive... Of-